You're listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast, episode 58. Welcome to the Live Happier Longer podcast. We're your hosts, Molly Watts and Angela McDade. We are here to help you build the five habits of a happier, longer life and to create your habit mindset starting now. This episode is brought to you by the Five for Life Planner and the 30-Day Ultimate Habit Building System. We are so excited to have you join us in January 2020 for our very first 30-Day Habit Building Challenge. Because we all know how important habits are. Yeah, they're not resolutions that are broken before you've even set them. Yeah, because it's the quality of your habits that determine the quality of your life. Absolutely. So whether it's health, career, relationships, you name it, our system is customizable, repeatable, and designed to help you succeed. So go to shop.fiveforlife.co. That's shop.fiveforlife.co. Click on the 30-day ultimate habit building system to learn more. Hey, Angela. Hey, Molly. How are you? I am not too bad at all. How are you? I'm um, well, considering it's a little gray and gloomy out this weekend. Well, you know, it's Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is. And it is that way usually. But it's been nice, so I can't, I shouldn't complain. Today on the podcast, we are talking with author and blogger Stephanie Raffalock. She is a woman of a certain age. She's 67, Mm -hmm. I believe. So she's started on a new path, new creation. Mm -hmm. And her book that's coming out, A Delightful Little Book on Aging, is just (laughs) sounds delightful. Sounds fun. Delightful, Mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, Really celebrates the story of aging. And she just has a lot of shared philosophy I think with us yeah for sure and we had a great time talking to her she also has a podcast called coffee table wisdom and I love Mm -hmm. the love the name of that as well yeah here's our conversation with Stephanie Raffalock hi Stephanie hi Stephanie hi guys good morning thank you so much for taking time out on a Sunday morning to speak with us I know Sundays are typically reserved for family so we appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us Well, it's a lot of fun. It's like hanging with girlfriends on Sunday morning. I like that. Good. (laughs) Excellent attitude. I love that. Exactly. So we wanted to talk with you today a little bit about, well, a few things. Your upcoming book, because I think it correlates obviously very much with what we talk about all the time, which is kind of an optimistic attitude about aging and and how we can create that in our lives. and then also just kind of your your other your podcast, which um, I think shares that same kind of message, and yep. and and just uh, I guess a little bit more about what you do in terms of and why you're doing what you're doing uh, in your in your own aging experience. So okay, <laughs> sound good? Sound fair? Sound, sounds perfect to me. You guys right. are on it. Awesome, perfect. So. Talk to me a little bit about where this journey started in terms of what the decision, was there a decision or was this just kind of a natural extension of what you've been doing your whole life? I would love to tell you that it was a conscious decision, but sometimes I think the purposeful things in life that we're supposed to be doing are so full and so clear and so right in front of us that we miss them. 
Mm-hmm. So what happened for me was I was doing writing. I was writing for the Rogue Valley Messenger at the time. And I contacted a website called 60 and Me. And I asked if I could write for them. And I, I wrote a few articles, but I began to read a lot more articles, their site. And I realized that there was this entire population of women my age that were not going gently into that good night. Mm-hmm. That this was not my parents' retirement generation. So I began to write about positive aging and lo and behold, there's an actual movement, the positive aging movement that's been around for a few years. Um, I'm especially interested in women's voice at this time because at my age, I I kind of came of age as feminism was um, riding the edge of the culture Mm -hmm. and we're always interested in helping young women to find their truth, to find their voice, be find your courage, speak. And and yet as other women, that that tends to recede from us a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So part of my message about positive aging and aging well is find the voice that's yours. You you know, you can't stick a foot when you're 65 and be done. There's a lot of living and a tremendous amount of creativity left in life. Yeah, here, here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk about, you know, that that notion all the time because the baby boomers are turning 65 at the rate of 10,000 per day and will continue to do so up until the year 2035. At that time, the population will have a shift in terms of the weight of people that are actually 65 and older versus 18 and younger. Yeah. And it will be the first time in history that this has ever happened. And we are simply ill-prepared, a lot of us, to be living for 20 years after the age of 65 and doing it in a positive way and in a creative way. And because we haven't had a good role model ahead of us. We haven't had, you know, our parents, a lot of them didn't see 80 in 90. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this is, this is a new thing. Yeah. So we need to be, we need, and we need everybody talking about this just as you are in terms of what we, you know, we talk about habits that really create a positive outlook that, that, that lead into that. But really it all starts with your thinking and with your mindset and you have to, you have to embrace a mindset that is optimistic about aging. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and I think it's important for people our age to remind themselves that not everybody that gets older gets dementia. Yes, that does happen sometimes in the population, but it also happens sometimes in the population that kids get sick. That doesn't mean that all kids get sick. So there are certainly preventative things that you guys have talked about um, where you can be proactive with your aging. And that's not rocket science. That's diet and exercise and, of course, attitude. there's a guy named Jordan Valant, MD. He was one of the directors of the Harvard study on adult development, which is the largest study on adult development done, and it's still ongoing where they follow people from like age 20 up until death. He wrote a book called Aging Well, which is sort of a layperson summary of that Harvard study. Mm-hmm. And what struck me the most about that book was he said, at the end of the day, it's not really about your cholesterol numbers. At the end of the day, it's about your attitude and your relationships. Yeah. And I think attitude is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, do you wake up in the morning and go, oh man, my back hurts? Or do you wake up in the morning and say, thank you? 
And I say, wake up in the morning and say, thank you. That's a great way to start your day. Yeah. If you have to deal with cat barf five minutes later, fine. But always start your day before your feet ever hit the ground with thank you. Yeah, yeah. that uh, echoes. Actually, we just uh, had a conversation with uh, John Leland, a New York Times bestselling author in his book, uh, Happiness is a Choice You Make. And it's all about a year that he spent with the oldest old and same, you know, that was exactly what, yeah. what one of their overriding messages was. And that was, you know, that's in spite of when you, if you, you have to believe and understand and accept the fact that as you age, and I know you've talked about this in a couple of your podcast episodes, Stephanie, that things are going to change. Things are going to, uh, you know, recede or decline a little bit as you age. And that, that's a part of life. That's yeah. just, you know, that's just one more step in the journey. Mm -hmm. And it's what you do in that process and how you, you, you focus on that and, or choose not to focus mm -hmm. on that negative, you know, on the, on the recession part and what is growing in your life at the age of 65, 70, 75. Right. And if, if, the first A in aging is attitude. Then the second A in aging has to be adaptability because that's really what we're called to do. It's not that things end, but everything does change. Mm -hmm. So can you adapt? I have a friend who's years old now. So he's developed a two-handed forehand in addition to a backhand because it helps his shoulders. Um, I was at a yoga retreat a couple of years ago, and I realized I can't sit without back support anymore because of a degenerative in my lower spine. So instead of lamenting that, I went to the yoga instructor and said, you know, next year when we do this event, I'd love to have a little section for chair yoga because I can do the sitting postures in a chair and then everything else that I can do on a mat in front of the chair. So it's a matter of how much are you willing to adapt to keep going in your life as engaged as you can be and that's true physically, mentally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, the delightful little book on aging. <laughs> so I love yeah. the title. Yeah. <laughs> of course, delightful is just a great word, I think, in general. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so tell me about the premise of the book. I know that it's broken up into four sections. And so let's yes. talk about a little bit about what those sections are and what that and the choices behind that as well. Well, a delightful little book on aging is sort of a memoir-esque type of book about aging that contains musings, essays, and stories about aging. The first section is grief, because all aging begins in grief. We all have to deal with loss, whether we're 10 years old or we're 80 years old. And how we deal with grief says a lot about how we move forward, because if you ignore grief, you, you risk numbing out in some way. Mm -hmm. But you can also get stuck and spend too much time in grief. Mm -hmm. So it's this balance of recognizing that love and loss have to sit side by side in your heart. So that's the first section is about grief. And I share some of the grief stories of um, a parakeet that died when I was six years old. And that was my first experience with real loss was this beloved little parakeet that was such a part of my life. Um, from grief, we go into reclamation. You know, as women, we are sacrificed. 
you sacrifice in your marriage, you sacrifice for your kids. It's, it's not a bad thing, but oftentimes the things that you really wanted in your younger life get cast aside. And in these older years, there is a, an opportunity to reclaim those things, whether it's the writer, the artist, the gardener, the podcaster, whatever it is, that this is a great time of reclamation. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a time to go back. You can't change the facts about your life, but you can change what the facts mean about mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. And then from reclamation to vision. I don't know how it was with you guys, but when I was 20 and 30 and I used to go on job interviews, they always asked the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, that, that answer is like a list of goals, right? Goals and accomplishments. But it's really the question we should be asking ourselves in older age is, what's my vision? Because the life I've lived, that what's behind me is much longer than what's left in front of me. Therefore, life becomes more precious. So how do I want to live? What's my vision for that? My vision is I, I want to be a kinder person. I want to be a more supportive person. I'm no longer in competition with women. I feel that I want to support them and uplift them. I want an uplifting light in the world. Um, and finally, the last section is about humor. <laughs> because we all know you can't do anything in life without laughing at yourself. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I thought about the, the, the grief portion. I mean, we talk a lot. I, I know you know our daily habits and our daily habit number five is let go. And we do talk about that idea of letting go of past regrets, past mm -hmm. hurts, past anger, because if you don't, you can't really move forward in, an, a, you know, in a meaningful way if you're holding on to things that have happened in the past. Um, and I think we've done a lot of uh, understanding now that, and I, I liked what you said, because really in, in reclamation and as well, the past only exists now, you know, in our, in our minds, what, what mm -hmm. has happened in the past only, ex it only exists now in, in how we choose to think about it. Remember right. It, yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a reclamation or a, re a reframing of that. And I liked it as well the the idea of reclaiming things. I think for sure, as women, we are uh, always sort of putting ourselves behind who we are taking care of in our lives, whether that's our right. husbands or our careers or our kids or you know. And so, and I'm not sure that. And I, I guess I think men do it too. You know, they they focus mm -hmm. on the things that are taking care of a family, and mm -hmm. you know. So the idea that the next chapter or the last, you know, the, the, the shorter time frame you have ahead versus the longer time mm -hmm. you have behind can be focused on something that really brings you joy or is meaningful to you is a really strong mm -hmm. way of, you know, reframing aging as well. Yeah. And I think for women as well, especially people who have had children or, you know, you get to an age where your career, you're looking to change it. There is more of a mark in the sand for women at a certain age where you can look at where you're at and there is a time to take a pause and say, where do I really want to go? You know, it's different to that, that men, men have like a start a career, end a career in retirement women tend to have a much more convoluted way just in general so when you get to you know 50 60 for women 
you know, it's a different little window of time where you you revisit where you've been and where you want to go. That's not quite the same with men. So it's, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It mm-hmm. is a mark in the sand. It's like mm-hmm. it's like women women want to make sure that everyone is taken care of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone is taken care of, and now I'm going to flourish in what this next choice is, what this next um, phase of life brings. Mm-hmm. So you decided in this flourish that you were going to <laughs> write a book, start a podcast. Where did the podcast decision come from? The or, podcast or- came from the idea began to listen to podcasts. And I thought, you know, podcasts are kind of like the new blogging Mm -hmm. was the way that I held it. You know, 15 years ago, people were reading each other's blogs and it was a way to have a community of writers and poets and artists together sharing their work. But now it's a lot about podcasting. And because I live in a big city now, especially, takes me like 20 minutes, 25 minutes to get anywhere. Um, I don't listen to the radio anymore, but I love listening to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so I made that, I don't know, silly decision. Gee, I think I'd like to do that. Yeah. And I wanted to focus on aging, especially to talk to women my age or older or slightly younger that were having this kind of encore life experience. Mm-hmm. and talk to them about what they were doing because you don't have to look that far. You don't have to look like to Carol King or Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You can look at the woman next door. Mm-hmm. And chances are that in this environment, in this culture, she's doing some interesting stuff. Yeah, for so sure. That's how the podcasting came to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a rookie, but I'm going for it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. we are too, but it's uh, we've we've really enjoyed it. We've got to have some really fabulous conversations with mm-hmm. some really awesome people. So it's been fun. Yeah. And as you say, it's it's great to listen to other podcasts and it always that's kind of a lot of um when you listen to other things you go, oh that's that's great. We ha- that's something we can <laughs> chat about. It's right. just it just kind right. of it just creates this spider web of, you know, interest and stuff, which is... Well, it's a whole other community too. You know, just yeah. like if you're a writer, there's the writing community, but there's this whole podcasting community mm-hmm. that I find fascinating. And um, at a time when we aren't really good listeners, because we've always mm-hmm. got a device in our hands and we're looking at the device instead of talking to each other, podcasting is this chance to listen. If you're hosting a podcast, no, you're really listening to your guest. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a good listening skill. So I, I like that about it too. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, definitely amazing to me. I mean, still, I'm still amazed when I talk to someone and they're like, oh, podcasting. I don't, I don't listen to podcasts. I'm like, what? What in the yeah. world? How can you not? I like <laughs> listen to so, I listen to podcasts all the time. So, yeah. and not just because I do one, I think I just really enjoy that. Yeah, that delivery mechanism for mm-hmm. me is something that's yes. comforting, and I like listening to other people's voices and hearing it. It's a good way for me to consume information, mm-hmm. or learn more. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm digressing as per usual. All right, here we go back on ta- back on task. So, the the delightful little book on aging is uh, the first in what I think is a planned series of books. So tell me a little bit more about it's those. A, it's the first in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. A delightful little book on aging will be released through She Writes Press April 28th of 2020. Yeah, and later, we will release a delightful little book on nourishment. 
which is the idea that nourishment is about so much more than what we eat. It's about how we nourish body, mind, and spirit in this particular time of life. And the last book is a delightful little book on love. Oh, nice. That's exciting. So did the book series kind of, how did that evolve for you? Was that a, I know you've, you've been writing for a while. Um, was that kind of a, a compilation of a lot of blogging and, and articles, or did you have a vision that you really wanted to put forth three, uh, three books? I'm not really sure where the three book thing came from, but the title, a delightful little fill in the blank was so good. I couldn't not use it again. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So you're like, okay, this works. This works well. I'm going to do it. I got you. Well, that's right. And and like you, I think the word delightful is totally delightful. delightful. (laughs) It covers so much, you know? Yeah. Well, it definitely, it it makes you feel, it does. It's one of those words when you say it, you can't help but smile. And um, it, you, people understand innately delighted is Mm -hmm. a, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an uplifting word. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just happiness, mm-hmm. you know, delighted. I don't know. There's a, an element of joy just in, mm-hmm. in the word itself. So, um, so the, the podcast is called coffee table wisdom. Yes. So, and coffee table wisdom, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Good. And that the name that, that name came about why? Because of the book? Sort of because of the book, I was having a very insecure moment <laughs> one morning, <laughs> and I and I was lamenting to my husband. Oh, I said, "I'm so nervous about this little book coming out." I said, I, "It's big enough or long enough, and and you know what are people going to say?" And all these women around me are so smart. And he said, "Oh, honey, this is the kind of little book that people leave on their coffee tables. This is like coffee table wisdom." Oh, oh and there you like, go. Okay. That works. I have a very sweet husband. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. Yeah, yeah, write, write it down. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, I love, I do love, I love the name of that. And I, I you know, I think people, we will definitely link in our show notes where people can find that and um, connect with you. Cause I know the book isn't, isn't quite out yet, but we will want people to uh, revisit that when it is. Um, we also wanted to talk with you because I know you mentioned 60 and me and you've, you've been an ongoing contributing writer there for a while now, I believe mm-hmm. um, you recently, and, and it just sort of uh, fell into our laps so in terms of mm-hmm. timing, um, had an article on uh, practicing gratitude. And so I wanted to talk with you a little bit about that because um, first of all, you mentioned um, a little bit of low grade depression. And I think that people uh, you know, we, we all can appreciate, understand, especially mm-hmm. that, you know, life happens, right? And right. that whole idea in being able to recognize and look at your, what's going on and, and seeing that you might be having some low-grade depression in your own life mm-hmm. and taking steps and actions to battle that um, through gratitude, I think is a very useful tool for everybody. Absolutely. So um, tell me about your, uh, you said you, um, and we've actually talked about uh, the bro- uh, brother, David, David Steindl Rast. Yeah. Um, oh, you've got to love that guy. Yeah. 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 Um, and so talk to us about your, these, the, the um, gratitude practices that you like to incorporate and those, I know the first one you said was. Uh, or that comes from, and I believe this does come straight from him, is the breath of thanks. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do the breath of thanks 
anywhere. I like to do it when I'm walking because I think there's something about doing gratitude practice when your body is moving. It just kind of gets into your body. I don't have anything scientific to back that up. It's just a belief of mine. But I take walks every day and just breathing in, thank you, and breathing out, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Or if you're in a waiting room where it's like you're waiting a little bit longer than you'd really be like to, than you'd really mm-hmm. like to, that's a good pra- place to breath of thanks. Mm-hmm. Any place. Um, it's, it's calming. It's relaxing. It's reassuring. Saying thank you is also a way of saying to yourself, you're okay. You're okay. It's all okay. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love, I mean, the whole idea of being able to stop yourself and even in the moment and taking and pausing enough to say thank you for and being grateful for anything, you know, that mm-hmm. you really are is, it, is, is beneficial. It's actually proven, you know, this is, yes. we know mm-hmm. the science that there's science that exists behind this in mm-hmm. terms of practicing gratitude has been shown to not mm-hmm. only increase your longevity, but improve your overall mm-hmm. uh, happiness and your wellness. Right. So, yeah. um, but I love the uh, just breathing, th- breathing, thank you. Mm-hmm. So another, another strategy you talked about was naming the gift and writing it down. Oh, naming the gift. So I like to sit in the morning with my cup of tea and I like to, if, when I can, when the weather permits, I sit on my front porch. That's, I, you can see so much of the world. You do you sit on your front porch. It is such a cool morning ritual to sit mm-hmm. on your front porch because the world comes to you. <clears throat> excuse me, and you see things to be grateful for. That little yellow bird that keeps landing on your fountain stayed for 10 seconds longer today. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that. The trees are starting to lose their leaves and there's a beauty in the change of season and the cycle of things. I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I think that when you can have a little gratitude journal that you, even if they're just one word prompts that you write down, <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like with a pencil, a pretend pencil on my hand right now. <laughs> um, there's just so much in life that you can write down, but name it, claim it, own it. That's how gratitude works. It's, it's not, um, it's not just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. It's right. the stuff you can really name and claim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our daily habit number four is give, and it's all about uh, the gratitude practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have discussed that um, in previous episodes, the notion, and actually uh, I'm, I'm thinking of it because it was a part of the uh, gratitude episode we did for Thanksgiving, but we, we recapped um, Brene Brown, who talked about her, <laughs> her a practice versus an attitude. And mm-hmm. she talked about her, she, her yoga attitude and why she really aligns with yoga. And she talks about the whole idea of, you know, uh, slow and easy, easy stretching. And she even talks about, she said, I even have yoga pants. I have a whole yoga outfit, all this stuff. And then she said, but let's make sure that you're clear. I don't do yoga. So see, Mm -hmm. I don't practice yoga. (laughs) There's a difference. Mm -hmm. And she um, correlated that to gratitude, which I think, you know, is the whole thing. It's, it's one thing to have an attitude of gratitude, but the actual practice, naming it, claiming it and writing it down is different. And that's what's 
the the differentiator in terms of actually receiving the health benefits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an immersion into the rapture of the experience. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about meaning in life. We want meaning. But Joseph Campbell said it really isn't meaning that we want so much as it is the experience of life. And what we crave is not what gratitude means in our life, you know, whether it means good health or better mental health. We crave the experience of gratitude in our bodies, in our hearts, in our souls. Yeah. yeah. So the third part of your gratitude practice, observation, pretty pretty simple, but just mm-hmm. the, the idea of looking around you, right? Look around. Like that, that idea of being on the front porch. Yeah. Have enough to eat today. Are you warm? Are you dry? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have friends? Mm-hmm. Those Chances are-, are the questions, the answers to those questions are affirmative. Mm-hmm. I have enough to eat today. I have clean clothes. I just did the lawn. Those things that I'm grateful for. If you just observe in life all the stuff that's up close and seems like it doesn't really mean much, but you give thanks for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a book I read in college called Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. Every few years I dig out that book and I like to read it. And Viktor Frankl was a young psychiatrist in Germany who was taken to a concentration camp. And he writes about this one scene in Man's Search for Meaning where he's on a train being moved with a bunch of prisoners from one concentration camp to another. And the sun is coming up over this range of mountains. And he side of the train with some of his fellow prisoners. And they're saying, oh, look, look at the sunrise. That's so amazing. And I think because it reminds me that in the direst of things, you can find something yeah. that lights up your heart, that lights up your life. The fact that he could be grateful for that sunrise in mm-hmm. that particular moment is probably what allowed him to survive. Yeah, yeah for sure. How amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a, I definitely want to read that book. Um, after observation, you said observation often leads to surprise. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm surprised at what I'm thankful for. Um, there's a little boy that lives down the street from me. He's about eight years old. I'm just getting used to Texas. I was working in my yard one day. I was trying to get begonias to grow around my trees and I wasn't doing a very good job. And this kid <laughs> rides his scooter up the driveway and he stops when he gets to my yard and he says, good afternoon, man. <laughs> and sort of like, you know, tipped his head. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a surprise. How <laughs> how this little kid, I didn't even know his name at the time, mm-hmm. would, would act with me in that way. You know, the old lady in the, in the yard with the begonias. Good yeah. afternoon, ma'am. It was a great <laughs> surprise. Serendipitous. Absolutely love. Lovely. You gotta love those Texas manners, boy. I tell you, <laughs> you gotta love them. <laughs> the South, whatever. My mm-hmm. my son, when he went to college, um, had a roommate from Alabama, and the very first moment that I met him, and still to this day, you know, it, it's and I live in Oregon. We live on the West Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast, Left Coast. You know, we don't say "ma'am," no one does. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, his roommate said, "You know, nice to meet you, ma'am." And thank you, ma'am. And he always, and he still does. He can't, mm-hmm. he right. can't help it. Yeah. He literally can't help it. And I'm like, Will, it's Molly. Just say, you don't have to say ma'am. And he's mm-hmm. like, 
Um, yes, ma'am, I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just can't. It's so, definitely a Southern thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can understand how that would be delightful. Yeah. Surprising. It would be delightful. It would be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the last one of your, those five daily or five practices of gratitude suggestions was awakening the senses. Yeah. I think it's a good idea, especially months to decide and just lay on the grass or walk barefoot through the grass and allow yourself to smell the essence after it rains, to feel the wind in your face and your hands, to feel the crispness or the heat of the day, to taste life. There is, there is a taste to being outside that's different than the taste of being inside. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with what you eat, but it, it's different on the tongue. Mm-hmm. So anytime that you can awaken the senses. And I think that some of the ways that we awaken the senses too are with the kinds of practices and experiences like yoga or exercise or hiking or swimming. Swimming is one of the all-time great sensual experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, water, for, water for me, for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I know Angela had said to me before we started this podcast, she loved, uh, she listened to a couple of yours and your voice. You have a wonderful yeah. narrative <laughs> uh, storytelling voice, which yeah. again is part of this, you know, is part of the mm-hmm. senses as well, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, we both love audiobooks, and you know, whether you like an audiobook or not depends a lot on who, who the narrator who's is. Right. Yeah, who's so, narrating it? Yeah. So you, whenever you narrate the little bit at the start of your podcast, it's it's great. You should have another career in audiobooks. <laughs> there you go. You Thank might, you. Right? There yeah. just might, you might want to. Who well, knows? Delightful Little Book on Aging is released with an audiobook. Oh, great. So okay. you can go to Amazon and get the audiobook or get the Kindle or get the hardback. Are you, gonna do the, are you doing the narration yourself? I did narration myself. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Well, and it was really, really fun. I bet. Yeah. I bet. I can't wait to listen. I well, you've got two listeners right here because Already. that's <laughs> that's the way that we that's the way we like to read. Definitely. So, um, Stephanie, it has been uh, delightful, shall I say, to yeah. um, yes. speak with you today and uh, learn more about the book. We will put everything in our show notes where people can connect with you to your website, to the podcast, and uh, for the book when it's ready. And um, we just appreciate you taking the time and, and especially the, the talk on gratitude too. Mm-hmm. It just is a great time in terms of we're right here in the midst of the holiday season. So it's always important to remember and time to take for gratitude, especially if you're struggling at all with how you're feeling emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And thank you so much for letting me be a part of your Sunday. I'm grateful for you too, and that we got to hang out like a group of girlfriends on a Sunday morning. Pretty fun. Perfect. So thank you very much. It was really lovely. Thanks. Thanks Thanks so much, Stephanie. Thanks for listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast. Now it's time to move, learn, share, give, and let go. Five daily habits to make the rest of your life the best of your life. See you next week.